The following podcast is mostly a work of fiction. Names of people, businesses, characters, places, and incidents appearing or mentioned in this work are either byproducts of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously for entertainment purposes only. Any resemblance to actual events, names, locales, or real persons, living or dead, or fictitious, is entirely coincidental. The llamas, however, are real. I will try and interrupt you if you make it difficult to edit. Because I find that amusing. Now, you see how I timed that? Just she was taking a drink. You know, I do have controls, and I can put you on mute. Can we find our way out of this uh, maze of rabbit trails? Embrace the rabbit trail. So, I'm sorry that my it, interview uh, has put your butt to sleep. <laughs> you are listening to the Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards podcast, featuring interviews with your favorite speculative fiction authors. We'll be discussing their books, their fandoms, and their writing processes. So sit back and enjoy another exciting episode with your hosts, Aaron, Josh, and Liberty. Welcome back to Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards. I'm Liberty Spidell, one of your hosts, and this is episode 53 of the show. This is also, I think, our first episode of 2017 that we've released, and things have been kind of busy for us, so we do apologize for not getting out any new episodes since the first of the year. But hey, we're back now, we're recording already, and I think we've got a great year shaping up for you guys, and we're going to actually be doing a a one-year anniversary show here um, pretty soon, so look forward to that. Anyway, today on this episode, we have with us Chris Morris, and this episode actually was recorded back in August, and so if you hear us referring to how hot it is, uh, and we're in the Northern Hemisphere, obviously it's not hot right now, so that's that's why we recorded this a long time ago, so we could have it ready for you. Chris Morris is a CPA who primarily works with authors and other creatives um, to help them manage their in, their business, their taxes, and all of that good stuff. So today, instead of our normal podcast, we have a more money-centric episode. So we, we go in and um, talk about why authors and other artists need help with accounting and tax services, what Chris's goal is with his business. Um, we also discuss some of the special special challenges that authors face and how to determine if expenses are business-related, if you can write it off on your taxes, as well as how to start treating your writing like a business. Um, listener questions included deductions that people miss, crazy things that people have asked if they can deduct, and uh, you'll have to listen to some of that because we actually uh, throw a couple of our former guests under the bus <laughs> on on some of that. So um, yeah, it's a really fun episode. I, I just listened to this for the first time uh, today, and today's uh, January 25th as I'm recording this, and um, we had a lot of fun talking about taxes and money. Who knew, right? Anyway, so I hope that you guys will enjoy this, and uh, we look forward to bringing you some great stuff over the course of 2017. Enjoy! Welcome to Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards. I'm Liberty Spidell. I'm Joshua Hart. I'm broke. Well, I think you came to the right place. <laughs> this is going to be one of those episodes. Lots of editing. <laughs> no, I'm going to leave that in, I swear. Please do. <laughs> well, 
had to say that with who our guest is tonight. I mean, <laughs> um, hey, that, tonight that's the show. goal is to make Liberty go crazy trying to edit this. Yes. I wonder if she ever did find that thing that we did uh, for that one episode, Aaron. <laughs> Which one was that? That's really specific. Yes. The <laughs> offshoot episode. The recap episode. Uh, okay, so anyways. Sorry, Chris. Um, on tonight's show, we have Chris Morris, CPA. Uh, he specializes in supporting authors and other interpreters, I can't say that word, by providing tax and accounting support but does so in easy-to-understand language and even occasionally sports a sense of humor to boot. He has been serving the writing community for several years now and is proud to provide tax and accounting services at reasonable prices without any discount on the expertise. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. Entrepreneur. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't even know what it was or I would have tried to help it out. I know, and like, wow, you help interpret? That's really cool. That doesn't seem like that should just take forward, but whatever. I think everybody has at least one word they don't have any idea how to pronounce. Oh, yeah. Yes. If you've listened to the show before, you know what mine is, but I'm not going to go there anymore right now. <laughs> one of my college roommates, college, I remind you, said library. Library? <laughs> wow. Like, you mean library? He's like, no, I'm saying it properly. I'm like, mm, nope. There's an R in there. There's another R in there. Yeah. Right. Hey, in his defense, there might have been a fruit stand next door. <laughs> that would lead to some confusion. right now I was going, what did I get myself into? On tonight's show, uh, the goal is to try and break both host and guest. So <laughs> far, so good. One down, three to go. <laughs> so, Chris. Two down. <laughs> uh, we're going to start the questions off with uh, something rapid fire. What is your name, what is your quest, and what is your favorite color? Uh, my name is Chris. My quest. You sent that to me ahead of time, and I got really stuck on that because, uh, yeah. Um, my quest is to rid the world of unnecessary CPAs, which is not me. <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite color, was that the other one? Yes. I'm really bad at rapid fire, sorry. We'll go with aquamarine. Well, that's cheating. That's kind of blue and green together. <laughs> and yet it's not. It's aquamarine. <laughs> hey, Doc, let me hear the question. Was it what is your favorite primary color? Only <laughs> <laughs> like five colors. Aquamarine is not to be confused with teal or turquoise. Teal <laughs> is very good. <laughs> there, there was a show a while ago and I forget what the name of the show was but it starred Fred Savage 
and he was working in an office. You know, it, was, it was kind of a sitcom, and uh, they got into a situation where they had to cut this wire for some reason. I don't remember why. He says, all right, the manual says we got to cut the blue one. He's like, blue, there's aquamarine, turquoise, and he looks like 15 shades of blue. Oh, my God. And everybody's staring at him like, he says, what? My parents got me the big box of crayons when I was a kid. <laughs> Excellent. I wish I could remember what the name of that show was. I've got, I'm typing into the IMDb right now. So. <laughs> How did we live without Google? Oh, no, the grinder? <coughs> was it the grinder? I don't know. I'll have to look up and find out. It was, I don't know. In answer to your question, Chris, I have no clue. Actually, yeah. we have these things called card catalogs and the Dewey Decimal System. The thing that really scares me is I think people actually had to know things. Yeah. yeah. I say that, of course, you know, uh, understanding that I am an expert still in all things <laughs> accounting. <laughs> Is it bad that leading I left? Our, I don't know. Leading on to our next question, then, why do you cater to authors? Yeah. So, you know, there there are a couple of reasons that I that I decided to to cater to the the creative community that. The, the first is I, I made a decision the to... The first one is we all need help. Well, okay, three reasons. The, the first <laughs> is they all need help. Every single one of them. Um, the, the second is I really decided to build my firm around uh, you know w working with clients that I actually enjoy and that I want to work with. I mean, I, nobody... Like, how silly would it be for me to build a business with people that I... You know, where I choose to interact with people I don't like. That just seems really dumb. So I decided not to be dumb in that instance. So you haven't ever worked in retail, huh? No, no. no. I, what, what I said is I don't want to build my own business. Ah, there you go. <laughs> We've all had that job where we're like, oh, I'm going to work. Yep. Um, even, if, even if it's a good job, you have at least one of those days. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Definitely. The, the, the other reason is for me as a, 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 as a fellow writer, I realized that by, by and large, the, the creative community is really not served very well by my, my fellow CPAs. For some reason, there's a, a disconnect around how the tax regulations apply to, the, to writers, editors, photographers, others in the creative community, and they, they sort of end up getting not the best service as a result. So I wanted to, to help with that gap. Okay. So what special tax challenges do authors face? So the, the biggest challenge is, I'm going to be frank, and this is a little negative to some of my fellow CPAs, the biggest challenge is having someone actually pay attention to you. Like take, take you serious hmm. because, it's, you know, I, I've heard this, unfortunately, a number of times from, from people where they say, well, I, I talked to a CPA and they said, make $10,000 and then come talk to me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, really? That, that's terrible. <laughs> like, I've never wow. seen And why 10000 It's consistently that number. That's the other question. Like, why is 9700 not enough? Why does it have to be exactly 10000 Seems like a yeah. 
What about ninety nine ninety nine? Nope, you're a dollar short. Darn it! Wow. And then I think you know. Read the couch. So some of the other questions that I that I, a lot of my clients sort of work with is how you know how, how do you know when when something that, that that you do mostly because you love it you know when it when do you bridge that gap from 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 it being a hobby to being a business and how do you account for expenses and how do you you know how how do you make this work so that you you don't like write a ticket to an audit because <laughs> you know, no no one wants that no one wakes up with you know what I want on Tuesday an audit mm-hmm. um, are they going to audit me if I deduct the five hundred dollar pen I mean... yeah so so there's a lot of fear five hundred dollar pen I'm just making up a number okay <laughs> just to be funny <laughs> mission accomplished. Um, so, so there ends up being like a like a lot of fear around. Well, I don't know what the right thing to do is. So a lot of times writers just don't do anything, and, and it's unfortunate because you you end up walking away from legitimate tax deductions, and from you know you end up paying more taxes than you ought to. And I'm I'm a pretty big fan of not paying more to the government than necessary. I, I'm also, by the way, a pretty big fan of avoiding tax evasion. That's bad. FYI. Okay. Uh, profound answers. Sorry. Okay, actually, uh, I, I looked real quick, and the most expensive pen you can get is a, a fountain pen for $8 million. $8 million? For a fountain pen, yes. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And it does what else for you? It looks <laughs> tiny. It, that must be the one that they made special for Stephen King and John Grisham or something. <laughs> was it uh, was created based on the divine proportions of phi, so the ratio between, between the cap and the visible portion of the barrel where the pen is closed is equal to the phi ratio 1.618. In addition, the pen is decorated with 945 black diamonds and 123 rubies. There you go. I was like, I'm wow. pretty sure it's Now, if we move into ballpoint pens, the most expensive one of those, all ballpoint pens are steel. You can get a ballpoint pen for uh, 730000 Oh, is that all? Oh, wow. I know. It's a bargain compared to that fountain pen. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So, <laughs> round two of breaking the CPA. You can get to an audit, though. But <laughs> The things you never thought you would have to find out on our show. <laughs> so let me just close this out there and give your listeners. If you're spending eight million dollars on a on a pen, you, you don't need like CPA help necessarily, but you probably do need a financial advisor. I know a guy who can help you. And maybe a piece <laughs> of character. <laughs> Use the Animaniacs term. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, where were we? Uh, <laughs> the rabbit trail to end all rabbit trails. Um, so, what type of records should we authors be keeping? Well, I mean, you, you start with, you know, any expense or any any revenue that comes in you want to make sure that you keep a keep a receipt that's kind of baseline but 
you know, the, the, the truth is that there are, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit to a question, I think, but I, we can come back to it and I'll sound just as awesome the second time. Um, uh, you know, there, there are sometimes that, that an expense isn't on its face obvious, but it, it isn't necessarily uh, present itself as a business expense. So having having other documentation to, or even just a narrative description to describe to explain what the expense is about would make sense. Um, let me give an example of that because that sounded really nerdy. I was just going to ask for an example example. Uh... Yeah, I, I, yeah please do. I, I, I do my best not to jump into accountant ease every once in a while. I visit that place, um, thing, but I, I try and pull back to this place called Earth for normal people. Shortly afterwards, um, here, here's a good example. One of my one of my clients about once a month he spends a, an extended weekend, and he 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 lives in a I don't know, he he. Let me start over. Let me give you an example. One of my clients, about about once a month, he has a takes an extended weekend where he travels about 200 miles away and has a writer's retreat. You know, and that that seems bizarre. You know, and on its face, you're like, well, what's with the mileage and what's with the thirty dollars a night for the random Airbnb? Why are you doing that regularly? You know, so my advice to him has been to, you know, j just add into the the, the receipt that he keeps, you know, monthly writer's retreats. Um, and, and, you know, obviously part of what, you know, in, in, the, in the case of an audit, you would want to have, you know, proof of having written something <laughs> that would be awkward otherwise. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> well, no, see, auditors don't understand writing. Well, we went to the writing world down to right, and then they get off on a side track looking up you know, how to reanimate corpses and never did actually get anything accomplished, but I got a bunch of research done for it, and right. at that point, and all the other writers are like, well, yeah, what? This isn't unusual. Right. So I guess to sum it up is whatever records we do keep, we need to keep some sort of description and some evidence to back it up. I, I say, yeah. So, so like if you go to a conference, for example, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just keep either keep the whole the whole program, or even just a snapshot of the the cover page of the program that proves that you went there and that it did indeed exist and you didn't actually make it up. Mm -hmm. Facebook, tons of photos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, if we're done with that, our next question is, how can we be proactive throughout the year in preparing for the tax season? Well, I always recommend not doing anything until April 14th. That's been my strategy so far. worked nicely. See, what's nice, and, and that really benefits me, because then when you call me, I get to quote you an exorbitant rate. Yeah. <laughs> And you have to file for an extension, which is always fun. <laughs> right. You know, I, 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 think the big, I think the big transition is just, uh, you know, treat your writing like a business. 
you know, and, and do the things that if you were, you know, that, that you would anticipate a typical business person to do. So you might to want to expound on that for our audience. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, you, you would, I, I'm not saying that you need to have a full accounting system where you have monthly financial statements or anything like that. Cause that, that's probably a waste of time, but, but having some sort of organized system where you keep track of all of your, uh, your expenses and, and, and any any revenues that come in, and you know, having a single place for those. That on a practical level, I, you know, I, there are a couple there are a couple apps for uh, for smartphones that I that I recommend for people to use that make it really easy. You know, it, I, I'm a big fan of paperless because I hate trying to keep paper from nine months ago. Um, one of my favorite, one of my favorite apps, sort of for this purpose. I, I, I think it's on Android, but I'm not sure because I hate Android. Um, I, I know it's on iPhone because that's what matters. Um, okay, sorry. you can leave now. <laughs> I, I was one of you would respond. Thank you. In a group of four, usually there's one person that's wrong. I mean, one Android fan. I've been both. <laughs> I have a very broken iPhone right now. <laughs> it doesn't look broken. Uh, you can't see the screen. It's cracked. My dog keeps jank yanking my hand when I'm taking him for walks and keeps cracking the screen. <laughs> and look at this. I've never had... Oh, you can't see. My, ca my camera doesn't work. But I've never had problems with any Android I've ever owned. Every oh, Apple product I'm, I've ever... <laughs> I'm a klutz. <laughs> But every every Apple product I've ever owned has treated me poorly. So, anyways, yeah. sorry. <laughs> but it's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> we in the we in the tech business, Josh. We call that an ID ten T error. Are you familiar <laughs> with an ID ten T error, Josh? Yes, yes, I am. Okay. <laughs> Listeners aren't familiar with the ID 10 t Just write it down in a piece of paper in all caps. I know. It's spectacular. <laughs> it's one of those things where there, you, you, when you catch people acting like they know what they're talking about and they don't, this is the perfect time to pull out the ID 10 t Because then they, they're all serious. Oh, yeah, I'm very aware of that. I've encountered that several times. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Then they write it down when they're at home and they glare at it next time they <laughs> the pretty holding a paper up. So yeah. <laughs> at, at any rate, the the one of the apps that I really that I recommend and I find really useful is Cam Scanner. Cam yeah. as in camera. Scanner as in scanner. Um what's nice about that is it you, you can you can take a photo and um, uh, in that it'll store it in, in sort of its own cloud system. So, you, so it, you're, there's a little less risk of uh, this information getting out where you don't necessarily want it. Whether that's you know on your Apple TV, like hey, and here's my receipt from last month, um, or you know, Question. So the IRS is actually okay with you having to, like a photocopy of a receipt instead of the actual hard copy for an audit? Or? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I did not know that. Yeah. 
Yeah, that changed about uh, about seven years ago. Well, that made so, my life a lot easier. They they are a, a little less behind than they usually are in adjusting to that. Yeah. Well. Good to know. I won't get into the politics on that one, but. <laughs> <laughs> So at what point is it better to file estimated quarterlies than wait for April 15th to roll around? Yeah, so, so that question is actually pretty cut and dry. Um, it, the, the IRS regulations are, are fairly straightforward. What, what, uh, I, I am going to have to break this down a little bit. Um, a, because reading IRS regulations would put me to sleep, and I'm the CPA, so I'm that yeah. guessing it. Um, but, but also, it's a little, it, there is some complexity to it. That the IRS regs say that if, you, if, if your tax liability is going to be greater than $1,000, then you should be filing um, uh, quarterly taxes. Well, what do you mean by tax liability? Yeah, that that's what so I was. How much money do you owe them, or how? Yeah, that that was the first thing I was going to break down. So, so what that means is, if hypothetically, if when you're done with your 1040, that the dollar amount that you owe is greater than one thousand dollars, that then you then you should you you should have filed quarterly taxes. Or, in the case of being a regularly employed person, you should just change your deductions. Does that make sense on that level? That I think does so, make yeah. sense. Okay. It does. Yep. And, and here's where it gets tricky. You know, mo most of the folks that most of the people that I work with in the creative community, it's um, that the, the writing, the the editing, the whatever it is that they do. That that is sort of a a passion project, a side job, and it's not the, the primary way that they have money coming in. Um, so, so then, then you come back to this question of it, it's still it's still that if you if you're going to owe more than one thousand dollars overall, um, so so it might be easier for a writer who has a who has an influx because they just released a book and it sold a thousand copies, um, which First of all, hey, congratulations! That's awesome. Yeah. Hope those yeah. subs um, you keep most of that. Um, but but you know, it might be easier just to make an adjustment to the deductions that come out of your payroll from your your quote day job unquote. That does make sense. Um, yeah, it does. So that's wondered about that because remember the tax forms that you fill out at the end of every year. It almost made, they almost make it sound like, oh, you have a business, you have to file quarterly payment entirely the case then. Well, and so, well, the short answer is no. <laughs> um, I'm good with we, that. I think we're going to talk about uh, the best way to for a writer to treat, you know, whether it be an LLC or a sole prop a little later. Because so, this answer sort of touches on that. Okay. So we'll just hit that then. Sounds good. Liberty, right. your turn. Come on. Come on, Liberty. Actually, it's Josh's. 
Nobody's watching. It you is were me. calling Liberty like she was your pet. That was really <laughs> Well, you treat me like your little sister. Yeah, you're you're over. <laughs> <laughs> she was, she was uh, jumping her down in my throat on one episode before when I had to. So I tease her about it now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. It's one of those inside jokes. <laughs> I, yes. I assume. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So we have a listener question from Amy McNew. Uh, what are some examples of good deductions for writers, and what are some not so good or downright crazy ones you've had writers try and get by with? <laughs> um, the $8 so million pen would be a bad deduction. I've been looking forward to the answer to the second part of this question. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> but the first oh. part will probably be more useful. No, no pressure, Chris. But we've been waiting all week. Um, so that I'll, I'll start with the the first one, which is the the one you haven't been looking forward to. Sorry. Um, you know, I think things that people often miss as as writers that I sort of have to talk to them about is, um, and it surprises me. Uh, a, a lot of them think that going to a conference isn't something that would be. Uh, that would be considered a deductible expense. And that's really bizarre to me because if you, again, if you, if you think about it as a business rather than, Oh, I'm just a writer. Business trip. Yeah. You know, if you're an engineer and you're going and you're going to an engineering conference, I'm guessing that your employer is going to reimburse for that because it's continuing education. True. And it's the same, it's the same concept. Um, so that that's one, and then uh, di- uh, another one that 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 I, I go back and forth with with some of my clients on that that, that it, it depends on your situation. Um, sometimes sometimes deducting a portion of your of your cell phone expense is completely appropriate. Um, usually that applies more for the folks that I work with that are that are editors rather than writers. But uh, but but depending on how often you're you're legitimately lo- using your phone for, um, you know, for, for business purposes. It's it's really appropriate. Um, the, the the key so question. Well, now that like Scrivener like, hmm? for iOS is out and I'm writing it on my phone, let's do a. There, there you go. The time. Yeah. That works. Yeah. I, I, again, the, the the thing to keep in mind is it needs to be. Uh, you need to be able to provide documentation or support to the idea that your expense makes sense. Um, In other you, you words, don't, don't use your phone primarily for Pokemon Go. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's business-related somehow. It's exercise. Give me a minute. I'll come up with something. <laughs> so... Some of the weirder or strange deductions that I've that that I've had. Um, I I have to preface it by saying that my my clients don't um, they never outright try and ask about about a particular a particular ridiculous deduction. It's always like a hypothetical. Hey, so I'm just wondering if perchance like I was to dot dot dot, would that be okay? 
Okay, you do cater to fiction authors. You do cater to fiction authors. Maybe they're actually trying to do research for a story. That, that's a good one. I'll have to ask that next time. Is this research for a story? Because otherwise, it's yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. Let's let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I had someone ask me. So I'd like to go to I'd like to go to Ireland for like three weeks, and I'm really interested in studying. I swear I'm not making this up, and in understanding how the wind blows across the the Irish plains. And because I, I think that'll impact what I'm writing, would it be appropriate to write this whole thing off? I'm like, uh, hello, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! So that one was pretty awesome. Um, I had someone ask me if they could write off their wife's computer as a business expense. I, I was like, Let me ask a How does that work? Right. I said, "Let me ask a clarifying question. Is your wife involved at all in what you in in your writing?" Oh no, she doesn't believe in it at all. Oh okay. Do you do you use her computer? Oh no, it's a piece of crap. I would never use it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so so where's the connecting point? Well, I just spent money on it. and I have a business, so I figured I could you know make it work. Like so, you can make it work if you filed your own taxes. <laughs> but I can't work. <laughs> Those are the two that come to mind. I've been racking my brain trying to think about this. A lot of them are, are fairly. Uh, See that that last one sounds like an ID ten T error. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here here's one. Uh, I, I had someone ask me. They said, "My, you you might be able because of Realmaker alumni, you might be able to connect the dots here. I'm gonna not mention names, but you might be able to figure it out." Um, I, I had a friend mention to me that they attended another friend's wedding that was in Hawaii, and, and while <laughs> and while she was attending that wedding of unnamed person. She spent a decent amount of time plotting through her next book with her husband. She at least said, "Like, I can't really write that off, can I?" <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun. <laughs> oh my! We'll have to tease said person about that at some point. I have a sneaking suspicion I know who that one was. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> I think well, we all do. <laughs> there weren't that many said people there. Right? Yeah. No, well, at many. least three of them were on. have been on our show. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, really. Right, right. Hmm. But like I said, at least she said, I can't do this, right? And I said, no, no Lindsay, you can't. <laughs> oh, you outed her. Not to name names or anything. <laughs> it starts with an L, ends with an Inzy Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
But again, I'm not really throwing her under the bus because she asked me, like, I can't really do this, right? Mm -hmm. I have to apologize to her. <laughs> or I'll find, we, I'll, I'll find out if she listens. I'll get, in, I'll get a text from her. Chris, all caps. <laughs> I do know that she does listen occasionally, so um, oh, we were talking about that just yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and she's actually going to be guest hosting in a few weeks. Yeah. Oh, fun. So. I'm not just saying this because I threw her under the bus. Lindsay is probably one of my favorite clients. She's so fun to work with. <laughs> and she's a really awesome person. I'm, I'm privileged to call her a friend, not just a client. I really like her. Now, does she bring Wombat Man to all of her meetings? <laughs> well, there's a question. Can you deduct Wombat Man? <laughs> <laughs> so we normally talk on the phone. I'll have to ask her the next time if Wombat Man is in attendance. Is there listening in on the extension or something? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing that in my head right now. It's hilarious. Me too. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm like picturing her going, did you hear that, Wombat Man? That's ridiculous. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Wombat Man does not approve. <laughs> well, if Wombat Man can guest host too. <laughs> Where were we? Your questions are on me. <laughs> We, we might get more intelligible uh, answers from Wombat Man uh, than we do from some of our hosts sometimes. <laughs> I thought for a second you were going to throw Lindsay under the bus. Me? I, would I know better. She's <laughs> <laughs> in private. <laughs> All right. Anyway, our next list of question comes from Sonoran Dumont Guy. <laughs> And he asks, should I or when should I set up an SEC for writing or just file under my name? Does that make sense at any point? What are the pros and cons of that? Yeah, I, that's probably that, that question around how to treat my writing, like how to form a business around my writing, is probably one of the most asked questions that I get from people. Um, generally, I, I suggest that that it doesn't make sense to do anything other than just treat it treat your business as a, a schedule C sole proprietorship. Um, let me explain why, and I'll talk about how or when it does make sense to consider forming an LLC. The the reasons that you you'd want to form an LLC are um, number one to to reduce risk, and by risk I mean some sort of litigation. Or, or, or some some uh, other unexpected form of uh, cost to you. Um, the, the second is to have some sort of protection around your your, your personal assets, which is closely related to the third to the, the first one. And the third is if you have employees. Um, that the and let me address the if you have employees a little more. It's it's remarkably difficult to legally pay people who are your employees, not contractors, but employees, if you're operating under your 
your own social security number. You can do it, but it's just unnecessarily complex. Um, so that's that's one 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 uh, time when you want to look to have some sort of organization other than just yourself. Um, and then you know the other the, the first two reasons they gave are basically related to uh, risk of loss. You know some some sort of litigation, some sort of something negative coming against you, where you want to be able to you know keep your personal things separate from your business and. I, I mean, unless you're writing a, a tell-all that isn't true about someone famous, you know, unless you're writing about Khloe Kardashian making stuff up, you know, you're, the, you, the, the risk of you actually, you know, having any any kind of litigation as a writer, especially in specfic, is probably pretty minimal. So it ends up just being a lot of uh, extra paperwork, extra cost, and extra effort that doesn't do much for you. So most of us don't want to do that, but Ben Wolf might want to set up an LLC because actually he's supposed to pay the marketing guy that he has chained up in his basement. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are deep tonight, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, that's going back. <laughs> oh, come on. That was fun, Lenny. That was a very fun night. <laughs> that, was, that was one of my favorite episodes. Through. <laughs> Definitely. It was great. Just, I mean, just for the marketing aspect there. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. I didn't know you guys talked with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you should go back and listen to that episode. It's hilarious. Yeah, back in February or early March, I think. I don't remember when. It was one of the first ones. I mean, I'm really not surprised. Ben, uh, boy, he's, he, he would, I'm, I'm guessing he was much more entertaining than me. <laughs> he's, I don't know, we've had a lot of good laughs over tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. We rarely get out of a podcast without having a good, good belly laugh. Fair enough. But, you know, we're talking numbers and accounting. Who knew it'd be funny? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently Chris did. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, they don't call him the world's most interesting accountant for nothing. <laughs> Truth. Oh, you said that. I was so quick to jump on that. I'm like, yes, I'm of the five accountants that have a sense of humor in the universe, I'm the best. Yes. <laughs> Uh, that's that actually a good tagline, especially if you're dealing with creative types who you know, don't typically care about all this number crap. Yeah, I, I, I'd really thought about putting together like a, you know, that the most interesting and the uh, interesting man in the world means a bunch of those as a, as a marketing campaign. I probably you need should. to. Do that. Yeah, you, you should. totally should. Yeah, I don't always dot dot dot, but when I do, I just have to figure <laughs> that part out. I have to like run a contest to have other creative, funny people do that. There you go. <laughs> oh yeah, do it. Yeah. So I'm gonna on the fly tack on an extra question to the LLC question. No. Um. <laughs> I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> if um. Okay, if you or your spouse is. Uh, already an LLC holder or a C-Corp holder, SP holder, whatever, 
uh, does it make sense to put your writing SP or LLC if you choose to go that way underneath the parent company or does it make more sense to go separate totally? It, it, it depends on the specifics. Um, okay. let, that, let me give a couple examples to give a less lame answer. Okay. Um, if, um, let me think. <laughs> I had an answer and it just like disappeared. I hate when that happens. Especially when always unfortunate. I'm guessing that it would be if it's in a parallel industry, it might be okay to be a subsidiary, but if it's not like I, it's there you go. There was my thoughts. <laughs> so so if it's like an editing business or a video production production business, then it would make sense. But you know, if your spouse runs a pool cleaning business and then you wanna tack your spec fic writing in there, that's a little weird. Like that, what I always say to people is, is this, if, if you can't see both pieces of the business on a, on a storefront sign that makes sense, then don't do it. So <laughs> lawnmower repair and books, no. That would be really weird, right? You're like, I don't understand. Bob, what is Bob? I've seen weirder. If you well, go to uh, failblog.org, there's a bunch of strange business uh, Funny stuff. Like oh yes. Oh yeah. But that's like the, I mean that's that's sort of like a very unofficial way to think about it. But if it would look weird on a sign together, then you probably ought to treat it separately. Okay. And then from a strategic perspective, um, you know it, it it's easier if you I mean if you can have just one business, it's easier. Right. You know so I you know to the degree that it makes sense. I would say mm -hmm. definitely do it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It makes sense. So. <clears throat> okay, so next question. Should authors keep a separate bank account for their business transactions? And if so, which I've heard it recommended by a lot of bigger name authors, how do they pay themselves out of that? Yeah. So, so I... To the degree that it's possible, I strongly recommend doing that. Um, there, there are a, a couple reasons for that. Um, that the first is legitimacy, both to the outside world and like it. It feels really good when you get those checks and you're like, "Yeah, it says Chris Morris, comma author. I have arrived." <laughs> uh, but 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 beyond that, like when someone you know when you're paying for something like that, they'll that you, you'll be taken more seriously, and, and there's a there's a legitimacy to the outside world. Um, and it, again, it comes back to this concept of if you run it as a bit, you know, if you were opening up an ice cream shop, would you run that through your personal account? No, that'd be really strange. So treat it like a treat it like a business. And one of the things you do when you treat a business like a business is you have a separate bank a bank account. Um, I am going to address the how do you pay yourself in in just a second, but uh, for those who are beginning authors, it feels very, it feels like an extra step that's kind of uh, silly slash stupid um, because what, what that ends up looking like is, oh, I need to, I need to pay for my editing. Let me, let me write a check from my personal account into my business account for the whatever amount I need to write so then I can write a check from my business account to my editor. And it feels like extra steps. 
But what it what it, what you're doing is you're training yourself with good business practices, and and secondarily, you're making uh, uh, tax time much much easier because mm -hmm. everything that's associated with your business is in one place, as opposed to your personal account, your your you know a few things through through that one credit card when you didn't have the cash, and oh, and then I had a couple things in PayPal, and it just becomes sort of a disaster. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, to, okay. to answer the question of how do you how do you pay yourself, um, what when you're a sole prop or or an LLC, a single member LLC, um, you write a check to yourself and you cash it, and that's how you pay. Yourself. It's really simple. Do you really it's have to write a Do you have to write a physical check, or can you do like a, a transfer between banks, or Oh yeah, you can do a transfer. Yeah. Okay, I, I was just going to make sure that you could actually do it that way because. Absolutely. What 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 you don't want to do though is uh, buy groceries with your business accounts. Right. Because that defeats the whole purpose of the the, the fundamental purpose of having the business account is the separation. Mm -hmm. But but absolutely transfer. You know, a, a lot of my clients have their personal and their business at the same banks because they want it to be easy. Right. Okay. I have other clients don't want it to be that easy, so they very intentionally put them at separate banks. Um, the people in that second category are actually making money in their business. <laughs> so like, it makes sense. Yeah. Having multiple banks is not necessarily a problem. It's just when you lose track of the money, right? <laughs> right, right. Now, backing up a bit, um, you said like if you have to pay the editor and you don't have any money in the business account, you can write a uh, check from your personal account to your business account. Yeah. Um, how is that handled? Um, I mean, I, I, obviously the money transferring part, but I mean, is that considered like um, income for the business or? That's a good question. So it, it it's considered a, a, a an owner's contribution. So it's in a separate category. So. Oh, okay. So for tax purposes, you treat the expense as an expense, but not the the money as in, the money coming in as income. So because so you write down like owner's contribution, yeah, on your tax records when you're actually this is on your tax returns. It, it it's sort of a um, without getting too accountant nerdy on you. Um, uh, uh, tax returns are fundamentally concerned with. Um, income statement type thing, so money that comes in, how the money is spent, um, and, and uh, an owner contribution or an owner draw are are considered balance sheet accounts. So, and, and those serve a different function that I I promise I'm not going to talk to you about because you don't want to hear it. Um, what what <laughs> matters, what matters is that it's not going to show up on the in the your IRS tax stuff at all. Okay. Okay. Was that a sufficient answer, or do you want a little more detail there? Um, I think so. I'm just making sure that you know. It, it made it to me say, "Are oh, you really have money out of nowhere to pay for this?" I'm like, wait, huh? So I'm just well, it is acceptable for a business, especially in its uh, starting years, to take a loss. Oh yeah. 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 I, yeah well, what I know about business could fit in this finger, so you know. I couldn't tell which finger was that. Was that the pinky or the index? Because that makes a difference. That's the pinky finger. The pinky finger. <laughs> That's disappointing. What, what I, I know about business could fit 
in my one-year-old's pinky finger. <laughs> okay, for, for reference, for fun, my, my husband and I read books by Robert Kiyosaki, so... Yeah. For fun? Yeah, for wow. fun. That's what we do when so we weird. need a book to listen to. <laughs> yeah. See, no, for see, fun, for I fun, watch... I, read a book, I go to, like, Ian McCaffrey or something, but... <laughs> what did you say, Chris? I said for fun, I watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Firefly. <laughs> Um, we do that too. Cutthroat Kitchen is my new vice. It's when we're in the car and long drives. Fair enough. I, I can appreciate the long drive thing. <laughs> should authors keep a credit card for certain expenses? If not, why not? If so, should they limit the usage to certain things? And what should that be for? That's a lot that of questions in one question. That's interrelated, though. That's not fair. Okay, so a lot of what we've been talking about has been um, very factual in nature. This is very. This is different because I'm. I'm going to give my opinion. I feel pretty strongly about this, but not everyone uh, in not all of my. My CPA colleagues or folks in the financial advisory world would, would agree with what I'm going to say. I just need to say that at the outset. I, I, I am a, a huge fan of building debt-free businesses. I, I think that that is, especially for creative entrepreneurs, you, you run a huge risk of just being, uh, what's the technical term, screwed. <laughs> If you go, if you uh, to uh, you know go into debt, because that from from a from a business perspective, the reason you'd want to have debt is because your confidence of the returns let down the road. You know, so so a scenario like I I have a client who who is a who is a like a three D machinery guy. Like he 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 has all those machines that build all the three D printing stuff. It's pretty cool. You know, so mm -hmm. that alone for like $160,000 to buy all that crap. And we talked through it in a bunch of detail. I'm like, are you sure? That's a huge risk. And he's like, no, it's not. I already have half a million dollars in contracts lined up as soon as I get this. So that makes sense. Right. Like he, he's, he's past ground zero right away. You know, I, I think everyone on this call and most of your audience is going to know how, uh, you know, how unlikely it is that you might have a $300,000 return in six months as a writer. Correct? Yep. So I, I, I want to say I read that the average indie author makes something like $4,000 a year. And, and that, you know, that number being average is really frightening because that means it's right in the middle. That means, you know, 49.9% of people make less than that. And then there's the others, but... You know, like the median is nothing, basically. Like it's four grand as a, you know, as a business. Like just revenue, that's, you know, good luck. Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess it's because, because there's so much risk in the creative writing world that it, it just doesn't make sense to me to, to try and do a whole lot with, um, with debt. Okay. You know, I, I do have a couple clients that have travel cards. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so like a Delta American Express card or something like that. 
Um, but even with, you know, even in that scenario, I always, I always tell them to proceed with caution. Like, be careful on how you use that. Right. You know, kind of my MO is, you know, use it if you already have the money there and then just use it to get the points. Right. The clients that I have that do it well, you know, we're, we're talking about people that, that have 8 to 12 conferences they go to across the country every year. You know, and they're literally able to get two of their flights each year for free because they use, because they use the card wisely. It's pretty tough to do that well. I also have clients who yeah. started that way and now have more debt than they do than they do income. They're upside down, and it's. I hope that they, that it gets turned around. You know, but that's the risk. Wow, I, that would be scary. Yeah, I, I'm a pretty big fan of not doing that. Okay. Now I have a stupid question as a follow-up to that. Um, like, let's say that we're going to have some sort of business-related expense, like say buying the buying Scrivener. That oh. You need a credit card to actually make that business expense. How do you track that as a business? Do you use your personal credit card and then transfer the money out of your business account into your personal to cover that, or? That, that's one way you could do it, but most accounts are going to give you a debit card as part, you know, even a business account, you'll have a debit card. Okay, like something. a Visa debit or MasterCard debit or something like that, right? Yeah. Okay. yeah so, so a couple exceptions would be, um, you know, there are only a few types of vendors that don't like debit cards nowadays, and those are all travel-related. Like, hotels can really hose you if you're running close to zero because they'll hold, you know, yeah, they, they hold they, a crazy amount and then refund it, and yeah. Yeah, and then you're you're uh, you, there. There are some rental car agencies that won't take debit cards at all. Yeah. Um, and so maybe it makes sense to 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 have one for those reasons. I I mean I've been able to get around it. I usually, you know, I I have uh, I have enough of a reserve in my account where I just go with it, even if there's money that's held. It just kind of is what it is. Yeah. You know, so I'd say that planning. I, I'm going to sound a lot like Dave Ramsey in, in, in this com in this part of this conversation. You know, I, I think proper planning you can make it work. Well, worst case scenario, you can just take money, use your personal card, and transfer it out, and keep the receipt yeah. and whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that would be totally okay. So, what kind of shape yeah. is that? I, we need to know. Inquiring minds want to know. Uh, Agreed. It's hot fudge, but they brought it to me, and the fudge is cold. <laughs> oh, it's cold fudge. Does that make it fudge? Yeah, hot or, fudge. Yeah. Just fudge. Just, it's cold hot fudge. That's so disappointing. Uh, okay, sorry about that, like guys. It's or 90 degrees here. So. <laughs> sorry about that, guys. My computer just went wonky for a little while. You didn't miss that. It does. Ouch! Well, not... We didn't, didn't the, we, didn't, we didn't get to the next question <laughs> I meant. Uh, quick, quick rabbit trail. Um, my father and a couple of his brothers used to work in an ice cream shop when they were younger. And like once a month or so, they would have ice, like after close, they would pay for like $20 worth of ice cream, which back in the 70s or 60s was a lot of money, um, and they would have ice cream and ice cream topping fights. 
including <laughs> hot fudge directly from. Oh. Yeah. No. Don't waste the hot fudge. Don't waste the ice cream. So much better than a zombie Nerf apocalypse. <laughs> you can eat the ammunition. <laughs> I. I mean, I say that because I'm not the one that has to pay the cleaning charge afterwards. I'm just the guy that shows up. Yeah. Through actually participating in the fight, though, I'd be running around with a spoon going, hit me, hit me. I'm not. Around the corner. Hey, guys, I'll be your target practice. I thought you were saying you were going to eat it off other people. Like, you have to really carefully choose those people. Like, sort of watch them throughout the weekend. Do they seem clean? That could get awkward. Yeah. Don't, don't mind me. I'm sorry I'm eating off your stomach, but it's, it's chocolate. Yeah, it's it's so good. And, and then we get to the fight panel, and it's like, and Aaron has volunteered to be the test dummy. <laughs> Only for those cream involved. I, I think we all know that no one would mess with Carla when it comes to anything, much less ice cream. She'd take us in seconds. Oh, in the middle of the Nerf War uh, this year at Realmakers, she came down the stairs going, don't shoot me, don't shoot me. We're all sitting after the fight panel, I think nobody here going to shoot, going to point a gun at you. Right. We all saw what you did to Ben when he pointed a Nerf gun at you. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Josh, I think we missed a bunch <laughs> by not being at Realmakers. You did. Oh, so much. I agree. I look forward to uh, building oh, the time fight panel. Was awesome. Yeah, you missed like the 10-minute walk in 197 degree, 197% humidity. From, from How is that all? It was... Okay, I live in Phoenix. I don't do humidity. My body was just really confused. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. See, I live in Michigan, and I'm like, well, the humidity is a little on the low side. This is kind of nice. I, I'm excited yeah. that next year is going to be all indoors in the same place. Oh, that'll be nice. Especially yeah. for the dinner party. Yeah, but you're you're having writers who already have problems getting outside because we're stuck behind a computer all the time. So everybody's going to be blinded by how white we are. <laughs> <laughs> you need to encourage us to go out by the pool or something. So don't blind everybody. True. We can probably bring down the lights. Oh, there, there's a work out there. I can't think of the name of Oh, you cut, you're cutting out really bad. Oh, we just lost him. Yeah, he's gone. Well, so, we've lost two of the three hosts. Like, I, I think the goal at the beginning was to cut was for everyone to be gone, right? Didn't we mention something about that? Um, it's yeah. very rare for me to to get kicked. So okay, I think it's yeah. happened once, and I don't know if what that would do to um. Our feed, actually. Yeah, because you're kind of hosting things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, now, Chris, to be fair, uh, since we're waiting for Aaron and he's trying to call us, apparently, um, uh, t to be fair, uh, I have... 
I live in the land of 10,000 mud puddles, and I'm still not used to the humidity. <laughs> yeah. 10,000 mud puddles. Nice. Am I back? Yes. You are. You are. All right. Internet go bye-bye. Yeah. All right, so let's let's plow through. All right, question 11, I think right? it's Aaron's question. It's Aaron's yes. turn. As long as it's not chapter 11. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was an appropriate joke. (laughs) It was. That was hilarious. All right. Our question is, at what point should an author hire a bookkeeper? How do you go about finding a reputable bookkeeper? What is up with these multiple questions and one question things? We also have... That's because I did all the writing on this one. Did you find a local bookkeeper? Yeah. Sure. 5,000 so. questions here. So the short one, at what point should an author hire a bookkeeper? Like, you know, if I'm making a negative money, do I need to hire you? Or <laughs> Yeah, I actually don't have that many authors that I'm doing bookkeeping for. Um, you know, it usually the... That the guidelines that I talk to people about are some of these are subjective and some of them are uh, a little more objective. But you, you know, at, at the end of the day, you want to look to to hire someone to sort of manage your books for you. If you're number one, overwhelmed at the idea of doing it on your own, like it just feels you you stress out. Sign, sign me up. <laughs> number two you just don't have time um, because of the the various ways in which you're pulled Uh, number three the that this is what one that's a little more objective the the number of transactions that you're seeing sort of flowing through your bank accounts are are enough where you really need to have someone looking at it pretty regularly that's pretty that, that one's closely tied to you don't have time so you could sort of put them together like you don't have time, dot, 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 and it matters that you don't have time. Um, and what, what if we meet all these criteria, but we still can't afford to pay them? I, I was just going to say, and the other thing is if you can actually afford it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the rest of the questions are sort of, they were all around the idea of uh, how, how do you find one? Can, they, can Do they have to be local? Um, you know, I can answer all of those like in in one simple way. The way you can reach me is C Morris. I'm just kidding. Um, the uh, you know, it, it, it's challenging to to find someone that is that is trustworthy because when you're talking about bookkeeping, you know, that's a, a whole different level than than tax. Because tax, you're saying, hey, can you look at the stuff that's already happened and make sense of it? With bookkeeping, you're saying, I want you to look at the money that I have right now and deal with it for me. Like that, That's a huge trust issue. You better make sure that you choose someone right. Um, you know, I, I could definitely toot my own horn and say that, you know, I'm the best person that everyone should hire, and I will do that. I, matter of fact, I think I just did. But, um, you know, be, beyond that, I think that what makes the most sense is really talking with, with, co- with other colleagues and saying, hey, do you, do you use a bookkeeper? Who do you use? What do you you know, trying to get a have they ripped you off? Yeah. Huh? Have they ripped you off? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, it's one of those things where, you know, a Google search isn't going to help you. You know, and, and you know, the, the Better Business Bureau doesn't mean what it used to mean. Like, people just buy it now, and it means nothing. Mm. Um, it really is a personal recommendation. That's the best way to go. The thing that's nice, to answer the last question, is that with um, with a technology that exists today, there's really there's really no good reason um, other than personal preference to limit yourself to someone who is who is uh, a local bookkeeper. You know, for for example, I have clients in thirty three states right now. Most of my clients are not in Arizona where I live. And the ones that are really aren't even that close to, like it's still like an hour and a half for them to get to me. Um, you know, I, I have a series of tools that make, that make it very simple and very secure to, to, to gather all the information and have excellent communication with my clients across thousands of miles. I think I covered all of those. Did I? Did I, I think you did. That's pretty much everything. Okay. Um, Follow-up question to that, though. You said there's a difference between doing, like, taxes and bookkeeping. Um, at what point... Well, this is probably related to a couple other questions, but a different one. Uh, at what point should we bother doing separate taxes for a writing business? I mean, is there, like, a general dollar amount for that, or... If we're making yeah. money at all, or no, that that's a good that's a good question. Um, there's there's a bit of a misconception built into that question that I need to address first. Um, so so generally, your your writing business is probably going to be a a sole proprietor business, mm -hmm. um, and that's not actually a separate tax return. That is a a different. That's a Schedule C on your your 1040 return. Um, whereas if you had like an S corp or a partnership, then there would be an actual separate form that you would, that you would file. Um, with the, so, so that being said that the question of when, when does it make sense? Um, you know, in, in classic like government IRS style, there's a, I think it's a 17 page document that describes, uh, when you have a business versus when you have a hobby. But the good news is this, I can really break that down to a couple simple things. If, if you have a product and if you're actively looking to market that product, then you have a business. Let me explain that a little bit more. Um, by having a product, you know, it, it, keep in mind you can, be, you can have a pre-market product. You know, th think about all the Silicon Valley place, all, all the Silicon Valley startups. They have they're a business, and all they have is an idea. They don't have an app. They don't have anything other than something on, you know, they have like a post-it note, and they're a business. They're pre-market. They're developing the idea. So, so the application of that as a writer is, you, know, you, you have to be careful here. It can't be, I hope someday to write the great American novel, and maybe by the year 2080 I'll have it done. You know, that, that, that's a bit of a stretch. But... Um, but but if you're act, you know if you are very near having a, having a product out there, so if you're in the final stages of editing, or if you're you you already have a release date that you know you're going to hit, you know, and like like one of my one of my clients, his his first book, he he released it like January twenty first, 
of twenty of twenty fifteen. So all of his expenses, almost almost every single dollar he spent to get that book released happened in twenty fourteen. But it, but he was you know he had a release date and we knew it was going to happen. So the the three thousand dollars or so that he spent getting that book ready, all of that rolled into rolled into a writing business for him. Um, that a couple comments around uh, having having treating your writing as a business. Um, you you want to be careful. One of the one of the triggers for an audit is if you have. Uh, Three, if you have more than three years in a row of losses, mm -hmm. because then the IRS is going to go, hmm, is this a business or are you just cheating us out of tax money? Um, so that, that's something you just want to keep in mind. Good to know. Yeah. And as far as when does it make sense, you know, I, I really think it comes down to when you know you're going to have a product that's out there. You know, again, like I, I have some some writing friends who've been, you know, my my friend Laura has been working on her science fiction on her her space opera since two thousand nine. You know, she's still nowhere near. Does she need a beta reader? Huh? Does she need a beta reader? You said space opera. <laughs> <laughs> I I know who I'm talking to. <laughs> So, so what that means is she writes like a blog post worth, you know, like every six months. You know, should she treat it as a, should she call that a business? Probably not. You know, you, you're not actively working on it. it. It really is a hobby. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Okay. So, um, are there any helpful tips we haven't covered that you think an osh and that you think an author should know about money and taxes yeah I've been thinking about that question for a, for a while um, you know in some part because you had uh, 2743 questions put together under <laughs> yeah. sorry <laughs> I tried How to get my category <laughs> Hey, I'm an accountant. That has to be specific, Josh. <laughs> True. True. Um, it, it, you know, we covered a lot of the things that I that I talk with people about generally. Um, that, you know, I, I guess what I would say is, you know, there, there's nothing there's nothing wrong if you don't know the answer, it's, and and Google can't help you. Which, by the way, Google and taxes is not always the best choice. <laughs> I, I mean, you understand this. All you need to be, all you need to, 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 all you need to be a quote expert is the ability to hit reply on Yahoo Answers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's dangerous. Yeah. Um, you know, if you if you find that you're 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 stuck, you know, there's no there's no harm in reaching out to someone. You know, I, I have a whole host of people personally that, you know, about twice a year, they, they message me on Facebook. Hey, I have this random question I want to ask you. Mm -hmm. You know, at, at least for myself, like my basic guideline is as long as we're not talking like a couple hours of my time, I'm happy to answer your question. Yeah. Okay. You know, th there's, a, there's this huge fear that I see from in the writer community around, well, I don't want to mess this up. And it really creates paralysis. And... You know, one of the things I pride myself on is being available to sort of help help eliminate that. 
Mm-hmm. So there, and and you know, I, I know this question wasn't meant to be a let me put, let me let me pimp myself out, but you know, just just you know, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, I have sure. a, there are any number of people that I they they've tried to make me their 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 CPA a number of times, and I've told them they probably I mean. My, my, my response to them is something like this. I'll gladly take your money, but I think you can probably do this on your own with this answer. Mm-hmm. You know, and after they go, I don't understand. I thought, you know, what do you mean you don't want my money? And would you go, no, 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 no. I didn't say I don't want your money. <laughs> I don't think you need to get it. I think you can do this. Um, uh, you know, I... I, I just think it's important to sort of throw out there that, you know, whether myself or, or other, you know, there are other people who are, I know that are, that are equally committed to the, not equally, that are also committed to the, the creative community, you know, find them and reach out to them and ask questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, one of those That's other really people we've got to get on the show here at some point, too. Huh? But one of those other people we've got to get on the show here, too. <laughs> that would be the yeah. uh, creative property lawyer that was at Realm Makers too. We oh yeah, Steve Fairchild. Yeah. Ah yes, yes. He he's a, a wealth of knowledge. One of my clients actually has a meeting with him this Friday to talk to me a few things. Good guy. Cool. Yeah, we should totally have him on sometime. Yep. Yeah. What yeah. once the schedule clears? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Since we are booked through the end of the year. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, Liberty made the mistake of putting out an open call, so we're kind of flooded with guests at the moment. <laughs> Which is a bad thing. Yeah, it's a good problem to have. Exactly. So now we turn to the fun questions. Uh, yeah, we got all that boring number crap out of it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Again, come on. You, you laughed two times. I saw it, Aaron. <laughs> Or maybe you just and your image was frozen. I'm not sure, but you laughed. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your captain, Chris? What do other people say to that? Oh, we, we get a whole plethora of answers. The correct answer is Captain Picard, though. <laughs> We've had Captain Nemo and Captain Mal Reynolds and We haven't had Captain Caveman yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh hey, we haven't had that one, have we? I think Captain Kirk Patrick Carr had the best one though. It was his dad. Because his, his dad was a captain in the military. Nice. Yep. Yeah, so that I had a really tough time. Like so I'm a context guy, like I have no idea that so here's what I'll say, um, Captain Kirk, but but not Shatner. Um, Chris, Ooh. Chris Pine, Captain Kirk. What? Ooh. Uh oh, I think I just got some haterade from. Yeah, I, I think uh, you just broke Aaron. <laughs> Why would anybody like the reboot better than the original? Because I prefer sure, the reboot up rather than thinking. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, he just said everything that I just wanted to say. <laughs> That's why I just threw that out there. I'm just going to admit. <laughs> so, so the, reboots are, the reboots are a great sci-fi action adventure movie, but I don't think they're Star Trek for that reason. Exactly. I was just going to say, as long as you like ignore the fact that it's 
Star Trek, they're great films. Exactly, yeah. That is totally my opinion. Yeah. And you've gone on that rant, rant at least once on the show, Aaron. At, at least once. I think it was actually on our Star Wars episode, though. I think so. I don't know. <laughs> I, I've probably gone on that rant several times. Okay, so moving on. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite spec fic quote? I was thinking about this one, too. That's really hard for me because I, you know, I I read a lot. Let me guess. It's from Star Wars. Never tell me the odds. (laughs) Clever. I I would probably have to say... um, this is like lame, like you know, general public response rather than specific fan. But sorry, um, fine. Uh, Gandalf, you shall not pass. Well, that's an awesome one, and I love that not because of the line, but like I'm going to get slightly serious here. I apologize. Like we we all have those moments in life where you know we have to take a stand for those that we love and those that matter for us, and even if literally that the demons of hell are coming up against us. I mean, we have that moment where we have to stand there and take our, our lives into our hands for the sake of those that we care about. And, and mm. it's just this epic moment of, of awesome leadership that is so cool to me. Mm. It is really good for that. Yeah, and that if you want to see the funny side of that, you want to go to... That was amazing timing. <laughs> you think that was planned? <laughs> I don't think you could have planned it better. <laughs> I, I need a new internet connection. I, you, you realize the router is all. You shall not pass. Hey, hey um, Chris, Chris, can uh, Aaron uh, write off the two grand necessary to get a uh, Fiber connection put in. <laughs> right? It is a business. That'd be expense. nice. <laughs> it is. Because all my words. So, so Aaron, I'm not sure if you're. I, I don't know if you're aware of how awesome your timing was. What happened is this: you you said, and if you want to know the funny side of this, you should go to, and you were gone. <laughs> <laughs> so no warning. That was, I mean, I literally, Aaron. I said, did, "Do you think he planned that?" Yeah, that that was one of the most awesome unscripted things I think we've ever had on this show. <laughs> what are you talking about? The whole show's unscripted, other than our our list of questions. <laughs> I think he's frozen again. Dang. He does have a really bad internet connection. At least he froze all happy. Like <laughs> <laughs> We're going to use that as a promotional picture. <laughs> I thought I grabbed that one before it disappeared. Do it. Do it. Quick. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> At next year's Realmakers, that's the picture we'll have up when we're promoting our business. <laughs> Poor guy, he needs to go to a Starbucks or something, get a better connection. <laughs> I've got it. <laughs> oh, dear. 
<laughs> okay, saving as. <laughs> They're installed. <laughs> Internet options in rural areas kind of suck. Yeah. yeah so, um, All right, so to wrap things up. <laughs> if I can get through the last question. Okay, so Chris, where can our listeners find out about your book, which I, we forgot to totally pimp, and uh, find out about your services? So wh what is the name of your book? Quick description, and then where can our listeners find you? Oh, sure. So my my book is uh, we'll say oh oh snap I'm making money now what? Uh, snap is really uh, dollar sign at exclamation point asterisk pound. <laughs> you know, like the cartoon word. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, you can find that on on. Uh, on Amazon, uh, iBooks, in, in anywhere, uh, eBooks or physical books can be found online. As far as where you can find me, um, uh, you can find me at the very creatively named URL, chrismorriscpa.com. Um, I'm pretty regularly on Facebook. You can find me there as well. Um, yeah. Oh, and, and uh, you can find him uh, being the provider of caffeine at Realm Makers. <laughs> the, the great giver of caffeine. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. The great giver of caffeine. That's like the best title. Well, more specifically, coffee. <laughs> right. That's true. There wasn't a lot. There wasn't the tea option. going to have to work coffee, on Coffee, no Mountain Dew, <laughs> no Red Bull. But, but there were strawberries. Because there that were strawberries. And grapes, too. Yes. Ooh. I think there were even gummy snacks. I wasn't yeah. responsible for those. Oh, you weren't responsible for the gummy snacks. Okay, never mind. <laughs> well, thanks for hanging out with us, Chris. We learned a lot, I think. We learned a lot and had fun. So that's all. It was good great. Stuff. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Well, yeah. Thank you. This has been another episode of Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards. Have a question or comment? Email us at lasersdragonskeyboards at gmail.com or send us a tweet at ldkpodcast. Our music is Flight of the Beast, Loop 1 by Jonathan Gear. Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards is copyrighted under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. This means if you're not-for-profit and you want to quote us, please be sure that you cite us. If you are for profit, please get our permission first. You can find us at lasersdragonsandkeyboards.wordpress.com for detailed show notes, as well as on facebook.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you next time. May the odds be ever in your favor.